Welcome to Organizing with Ease. I'm Zina Siman with Firefly Bridge Organizing. This is where we talk about ways to make organizing easy so that we can enjoy our daily lives with less stress. This is episode 92. Deanna is not feeling well today, but she'll be back next week. Feel better soon, Deanna. February is American Heart Month, and it's a month where we shine a spotlight on heart disease, which is the number one cause of death for Americans. And an interesting statistic that are, and it's kind of a scary statistic that I want to share with you. According to the American Heart Association, every year, one in three women is diagnosed with heart disease. Every year, one in three women is diagnosed with heart disease. And just as disturbing is that cardiovascular disease continues to rise year after year in the U.S. And so Deanna and I have made a commitment that we're going to double down on our health this month. And we hope that you'll all join us. Today, we are, I'm very happy to have Dr. Paola Ballesteros as our guest. Paola is a physician. She's dedicated to empowering women through healthy lifestyle education. And she's also a life coach, and she's the co-founder of Palomar, which is a company focused on giving women a safe place to talk about sexuality and intimate health. Welcome to Organizing with Ease, Paula. Thank you, Zina. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you. Now, I mentioned that Deanna and I are doubling down on our health this month. I've been traveling a lot since September of last year, and I feel that my diet has gotten a bit out of whack because as I traveled, I was like, oh on vacation, I'm just going to have a dessert. And then it became a dessert every night. <laughs> and then when I came home, it was hard to get back into the routine. So I'm working on eating more homemade, less eating out, less takeout. And that's my focus for this month. And to me, it's not something that I just want to do temporarily, but it's something that I'm considering that I consider getting back into that lifestyle. And I should be continuing that long term. How do you think our lifestyles as women in the U.S. fall short of what they should be in order to remain healthy? Where are we kind of failing ourselves? <laughs> yes, we are failing ourselves, Sina, as you said, because we are uh, we are concentrating doing so many things at the same time. And we are always thinking about others, not about us. So we are the last of to eat. We are the last of doing the things that we should supposed to do. But we're teaching everyone that they have to uh, do a lifestyle healthy and eat better. But at the end of the day, we are not doing it by with ourselves. ourselves. <laughs> we're neglecting us. That's the reality. But uh, one of the things that I've seen is that we do not put in our schedules our priorities in health. So one of the main uh, recommendations is that. Just think about it, just put in your schedule little steps and you're going to find out um, it's going to be simple and sooner you're going to be healthier. I That's great because I think that at the beginning of the year, we're all talking about, oh, we're going to make a resolution and I'm going to, oh, I'm going to exercise five times a week and I'm going to be <laughs> super active on the weekends. And then after that first week in January, we're kind of like, oh, I, mean, I can't do it five days a week. And I, I have to, you know, take my kids and then the kid got sick and then I have to drive at 5.30 in the morning. No way am I coming back and working out after that, that kind of thing. Or I have to get on a Zoom call on at such and such a time in the morning, so I don't have time to work out. And so we we tend to then beat ourselves up a bit. Is that what kind of happens? Do you think? Exactly. It happens all the time for us. So the, uh, my recommendation is always put it in your schedule, plan in advance. 
as you plan anything in your life, uh, meetings, uh, things with the kids, with the husband, just put in your schedule and make it a priority. You need to understand that your health is a priority because if you're not there for them, there's nothing else that you can do. You know, you have to yeah. think about you first. So that's, that's my main thing. Just put in your schedule. Do not be so complicated. At the beginning, just try to do simple things. Just put it, let's yeah. say, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. If you don't have enough time, let's say, I don't have time to go to the gym, just do something simple in the house. Just walk the dog. Just go, uh, when you are going to the uh, to the grocery market, just park far away to walk let's take the stairs more often little steps but just make it something um like just be aware of the things that you're doing just not do it automatically as you do anything else just put it like with a conscious open conscious that you're going to do something very specific for your health daily instead of uh, let's say um i don't ask you to do a diet you know just do Mm -hmm. simple things and just switch the soda for water just little things every day will sum up at the end of the week and at the end of the month and the end of the year so you're the co-founder of palomar and your mission is to remove the taboo that exists with women talking about their sexual health our sexual health and you no longer see private patients anymore but when you were how did you see that show up in your exam room did women skirt around the issues that they were dealing with were they open with you or did you feel like you sometimes had to question more and more to get to you know the core of what they yeah. were feeling it's not only one way the main uh, reason we are not always um they say prone to say or private things mm-hmm. so at the beginning it's not easy as a patient to open up to our physician so I, when i was seeing patients i, I realized that they don't want to talk about it because they feel mm-hmm. shy they feel more this is something private and maybe there's something that i don't need to disclose uh but um the behalf of the physician they're are not asking either. So I, I just did a certificate recently about sexology and sexual life. And they were explaining, um, because now we're training physicians to talk more about sex, sexual life to the patients. Before, they didn't ask it in a regular visit. Now we know that it's important. This is part of life, sexual health. So now, since the physicians are more aware, they are just trying to find the opportunity to talk to the patients about it. So let's say this put like open questions to the patients, that's from the physician. But we as patients, as women, my invitation is to to feel free to speak up about those things that are bothering. Sometimes we don't feel well or we have questions. The, the, the best person to ask is the physician, the primary care physician. They will know, and if they don't know, they will guide you to the person or the professional who will find the way or your answer to your uh, problem, issue, or disease, let's put it that way. Because if you don't speak up, there's no way to find an answer or to help you out. So my invitation with Palimar is to to give up an opportunity to women to speak up about those issues that we have. And we know that we have because we have seen the statistics, but we don't want to talk about it because we're afraid. So just open up and talk about it. And so that's interesting that you say that now uh, physicians are being trained to do so. So should I expect that my board certified doctor um, at this point onwards will is this going to become a question that they're going to ask me during my regular, you know, the questions about my sexual life, questions about my pelvic floor, things like that? Or is that something that I can expect them to ask me? Or on the other hand, do you like what, 
what is your list of questions that you wish women would have prepared when they would go and see their doctor, let's say? Okay, one of the things is at the beginning is going to be feel uh, awkward because not everybody's mm-hmm. prepared, not even the physicians. They think it's so private. They're going to look at me like, oh, this is weird. This is not going to be <laughs> with me. As an example, for right, example. it's not your cholesterol level. So, you know, why are you asking? <laughs> but that? you That's... know what? It's, this is funny. My my husband is a cardiologist, you know, working here at the U.S. And when I was doing my certification, is it very funny? Because one of the main Listen to this. One of the main uh, symptoms, very early symptoms for a woman to to know that she's having heart disease is the um let's the reduction of the lubrication. Oh, so that's a, a wow. That's a, very a uh, yes because because the way it is related is as if you don't have enough uh, let's say circulation down there, oh. you don't have the same circulation in the heart. So I was asking him, are you asking your patients? And she says, it's going to be a, a little weird or awkward that I'm, um, as a cardiologist, is going to ask a woman something like that, a woman something like that. But we need to be aware that now the physicians are getting more closer and they have more research and information about it. And they know that a, a lot of symptoms from the sexual health are related with, of course, with the general health. But on right. top of now we know that this is part of the healthy lifestyle, asking for sexuality. If you have a, a very good relationship with your husband, if you are having uh, enough time, you know, to, to have uh, intimate relations, there's a lot of things that now we know that is important to ask. So yes. if the physician is asking those type of questions, don't feel weird because it's just now that physicians and everybody in the medical profession, they're more aware of the importance of asking that. Even the psychologists, Anything related with health is 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 important. It's proper to ask if you have some type those type of questions. And on the other hand, if they don't ask, feel free to open up uh, with open question. It is okay if we can talk about my sexual health. I'm not feeling well because of this. And the physician is gonna say, okay, and maybe he's not prepared. Or she's not prepared. Could be, you know. But they will give you, you know, gonna recommend someone else that is gonna mm-hmm. be to talk about this because sometimes yeah. even that we um, and, and I know that now we're talking about women health but sometimes we are the, the starting point or the main entrance for our husband's health sexual mm-hmm. health yeah. But yeah even even if you're if it's yours of course it's important but even if it's your husband's question you can just put it table too you know it's, it's you know that's very true yeah. I have a feeling a lot of women are going to their doctor saying look my husband is dealing with this or we are dealing with this together as a couple what you know is there anything that you can tell me but yes it's it's a it's a way to open the conversation because it affects you it affects you as a woman as well. it, yeah exactly it affects everything because now we know yeah. that that and we are now living longer and because of that too we need to have let's say accommodation for our sexual life which is completely yeah. And we need to understand that that as anything in life, we're going to have changes and we have to be prepared. So mm-hmm. if we don't ask, is this part of this, let's say the menopause, this is a very important stage in life. And now that we live longer, we are uh, having our, let's say, we're going to be in menopause more than a half our lives. So this is very important. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. It's important to keep it that in mind because you know, right. we're going to be in that. Okay, that's, so, that's so eye-opening. Let me just say that again. We're living, you just said. We're living longer. We may actually be in menopause for more than half of our lives. Exactly. Wow. 
<laughs> I know, I know that's crazy, but we need to understand that. And because of that, we need to do accommodations in our life, in our sexual life, in everything, in our, you know, in our health. Yes. But we yes. have to be prepared and we have to think in advance. And since now we have women more, uh, let's say, empowered, more aware of the things that are presenting in life, that's mm-hmm. an opportunity for us to, to be prepared and to take advantage of this stage, which is important, it's beautiful, but you know that it's not easy. And it's challenging, but we have to be prepared. So if you need to ask, ask your physician and you're going to have that conversation that at the beginning is going to be a little bit, you know, difficult, but later mm-hmm. on, it's going to result in something better for your life and for your family. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And just let's turn the conversation just a little bit. I'm going to talk about um, pregnancy, childbirth, and, and that entire phase of, of our lives. When I was having much of my children are now high school age and older. Um, when, when I was having children, I thought I was, I was relatively prepared. You know, I read everything. I, I talked to my doctor. What are, you know, what can I expect afterwards? What can I expect postpartum? What I didn't ask my doctor at the time is what can I expect 20 years from now mm-hmm. as a result of having vaginal births? Or what can I expect 30 years from now as a result of going through labor, but then having a C-section? What's changed? What can be the effects on my pelvic floor? That kind of thing. So if someone is going through a pregnancy or is postpartum. Yes, there are very, you know, I think there's a lot of information there about what to expect and, and, you know, what to look for. And maybe you need some physical therapy or whatever. But when these symptoms show up 20 years, 30 years down the road, do you think women are asking or, or are linking those things as being part of these are the changes that happened when you had children? And only now are you seeing these, these, you know, symptoms yeah. within your pelvic floor? Well, at the beginning, I think I've seen a little change the way it was, as you said, when we were um, we were pregnant and we we're having those early stages in life, we we're very eager to learn, we want to do so many things. But at the end, let's say, not at the end of our lives, but when, let's say, in the early stages, when we're just, you know, mature, you think that you know everything, the reality <laughs> is you need to know more about those stages. Yeah. And now we're seeing more interest in, the, in, in, in that topics. And even though we have a lot of opportunity for improvement, specifically with the, those minor, minorities, and we have a big gap still in education mm-hmm. with women, we have yes. seen, let's say, an improvement. Over the past 15 years, we have noticed that a lot of women know more about um, heart disease, sexual life, so many topics that they need to know, but still we have more opportunities to improve, as I said, because there's a lot of information. And one of the main things is that we need to understand as a general woman that we need to have literacy, a better, a better way to understand the information that we receive. Because now everybody's an expert, everybody knows about everything. So we're, we need to sort the information that we receive on a daily basis. And we, to, we need to know that the physicians or the professionals, the health professionals, they do have the information that we require. So try to follow or to, or to find information in the proper sources, but please stay informed. The information is power and we need to get that power through our stages. So we need to understand that if we have that information, those stages are going to be there. Doesn't gonna change, it's gonna be there, but at least you're gonna understand and you're gonna be prepared for every stage in life with the proper help because we're gonna need help and support. Sometimes not only from the physicians, sometimes from the community, from our peers, from our friends, 
the same way when we had little kids that you want to tell your friend, your kid is doing this and that. I want to know, you know, about that age. Exactly the same with menopause on those stages that we need to talk each other as women and understand and to find a safe place, a safe community where you can talk about your yeah. symptoms and how you're feeling that is normal and you're not alone because sometimes you feel like I'm the only one who is doing this, but the yeah, reality okay. is you are not the only not. one. And, and it's good to find a, a place, a spot, and good information, good resources. And I, I see it as a, a positive that I feel like more and more menopause is becoming a, a topic in the mainstream. And a lot of it is is um, very humorous. People are, are, are bringing it up in a very humorous way. But there are very serious things happening during menopause. And, and yes, it's a very important phase, just as pregnancy and childhood is a really important phase. So is menopause. It's a huge change in your lives, like you said. So, and, and we're going to be living with menopause, you know, through menopause, but longer <laughs> now than, than our generations before us and our parents and our grandparents. It's important to be prepared. So that is, it is American Heart Month this <laughs> month. And so what are some of the things that you're putting in place? What, what are some of the things that you're um, helping people to be aware of, women to be aware of about their heart health this month? What do you think is important? Well, it's important to know that uh, it's the leading cause of death, for example. This is important. And the reason why it is the leading cause of death is because now we have more chronic diseases. And more chronic diseases, we're talking about hypertension, diabetes, obesity, all those things that are preventable. We didn't have it, let's say, decades ago, that, that higher numbers, even though we have it since we have the ideas since forever, but we have seen um, increasing the numbers because of that. The reason uh, when, is, yeah. is that because our lifestyles have changed significantly or our diets or both? From both. The, okay. way, the, the way we're living since we're everything is fast-paced, we want to eat something fast, which is fast food, we don't have enough time to walk the dog or to do anything different, and we are we have to work longer hours, and now that we're working from home, all day sitting. So mm -hmm. that, that those changes have, have made a big impact in our lives. The, the food that we're eating that is not fresh, for example, is another thing, we, because we can say, and we can hear from many patients or people saying, I'm eating well, I'm, I'm doing exercise regularly, but at the end of the day, there's something happening, and this is the food, the food that I'm, the nutrition mm -hmm. that I'm getting, because it's not that natural. We're just eating things that are almost ready to do, or you're buying fast food every day, you're not cooking at home with fresh ingredients. So that's, they're making the difference. We have so many factors in place when we're talking about uh, the chronic health and uh, chronic diseases. So we have to keep in mind that everybody's different and everybody has a different case because we can talk about with so many women and everybody's going to say, no, this is my case and this is my case. You know, mm -hmm. we're trying to make it right, happen. Right. But it's so many things in the environment, not only the food, the exercise, of course, the, the you know, the history in your family, so many mm -hmm. things. But you have to keep in mind that it's a priority. So you have to put yourself in the in the picture to think, okay, this is my story. This is my life. My, my family member have suffered this. I'm having, let's say, obesity or I have this chronic disease. Whatever is your case, you have to make this a priority. So how can I make it happen or how come it's going to be easy? At least once once per year, I go to a primary care physician. This is important because it seems like a, uh, it's so simple, it's so, it's so obvious, but we're not doing it. We're not doing it. Mm -hmm. We have to put it like a, since 
when you go to the OBGYN. The same, the same way you're going the pap smear every year, go to a primary care physician to see if you need any KG, uh, if you need something else and a stress test, let's put it that way. You're getting weight and you're not, you're getting tired easily when you're walking. So you need to know there's something else happening with your heart. Actually, in this month, you're going to see a lot of uh, hospitals and clinics doing promotion on some tests that are going to give you, you know, my, uh, let's say an idea how is your heart right now. So you can take advantage of those opportunities. Just looking in the local, you know, publicity on Google, it, you're going to find something for you in your area. I'm pretty sure. That's a great tip. That's a great tip. This is the. Yeah. The main okay. hospitals and even in the in the main governmental uh, websites, you're gonna mm-hmm. find opportunities to find something. That's one yeah. of the things. Once per year, go to your primary care physician. Many changes in your lifestyle to make it happen, <laughs> whether it's exercise, dieting, you know, those sorts of things. And schedule it, as you said, put it on the your schedule. Important the schedule as as important as a meeting or something from right. work. Right. Put it there and make it happen. Make it happen because if not, no one else is going to do it for you. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. And your family needs you. <laughs> exactly. so, you need to be there. I'm always saying you need to be there for them. So please yeah. take care of yourself. You are a priority yeah. because if you're not there, you know, everyone is going to be a mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. your kids, you have two children, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so and your children are now in high school. Uh-huh. So do you have a tip for listeners? How do you stay organized, whether it's in your home or with your busy work and family schedules? Or is there a challenge maybe that, that you're facing uh, with organizing that you're working on and you're, and you're well, focused yeah. on changing? The, the reality is like, you know, that I'm a life coach as well. And I do everything related with Hill. But for me, the most important thing is to be organized. I can make happen so many things because I have it in my schedule. If I have them there, I'm going to make it happen. So just put everything, list every single day. You can open up my calendar. You're going to see that I have all oh, 6 a.m. to uh-huh. 11 a.m. activities. But that's the way that I keep track. I know that sometimes it's difficult, but you, you can make it happen. And the other thing that I do is that I just put my kids activities as well in my schedule so you know you don't want because you have to be there present or you know aware of that activity and you have to be your calendar just put every single day and plan in advance if it is possible over the weekend saturday or sunday plan your week let's say i i I, yesterday i did my schedule for exercising i'm gonna do let's say i go usually on monday mornings but now we're recording then you know what that's fine i put it in the afternoon but i know i knew from the very beginning that today it wasn't but i just put it in other time you know in my i didn't make it happen and then tuesday every day just put your exercise dieting if you are if you want if you are trying to eat healthier if you want to do those changes just put in your calendar buy something easy to do at home Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. make it a a family activity just cook something simple even if it is a salad that is already prepared just try to make it happen and put it in the scale i'm i'm pretty sure that after doing it once or twice you're gonna feel like ah, i can do this Put it in the calendar. That's the way, I mean, that's the way I'm doing it. And that's the way I recommend. And when you have a plan, let's say I have so many plans and goals for my year and just put it in little activities for every week. And mm-hmm. the calendar, everything at the end is going to be in the calendar. That's the way, that's, yeah. you know, this is tip to do it. I don't know. Aww, I love that. I love that. That's exactly what I teach you. That's the, the calendar is like the crux of everything. So I love that. 
And you are a big believer in vision boarding too, right? You do vision boards. Yes, yes, every year. we do it with a group, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. And so that has, how has that changed? When did you start doing vision boarding and how has that changed? Well, I did it for myself, I want to say years ago, since 20 years, I've been doing it forever. And mm-hmm. then I started with little groups because I think it's easy. I mean, I think it's a very good tool to start being healthy, but organized with your life. Yeah. So the way we do it is we have different goals and just put it like personal, professional, familiar, spiritual, everything. We just put it. And then we define in activities and, and, it becomes not a vision board, an action board. An action board. And the way, and I've seen so many good testimonies of everything that has happened to the ladies that have done it with me before, because it's, it's not only doing it and dreaming big about it, it's, it's making it happen. And when they realize that that dream, it becomes an, a project, and the project are little activities. And those activities can make happen in the calendar. And then it started, as of today, I'm waiting and hoping that they're starting working on their activities in order to reach those goals. So I say, okay, just think about one goal and just make it little activities. Just break it down. And when we do it, at the end of the year, you're going to accomplish so much more. Yeah, yeah. And having that vision board <laughs> visible in front of you on a daily basis, all that just it's so inspiring to see it. And it keeps you yeah. it keeps you motivated it. to keep going because it's it's and there. the first one goal is health. There's always let's start with the weight. Let's think, okay, this is the weight that I have. It is good, perfect. We're gonna keep it. If you have to improve in any ways, just put the number. I love numbers because are very doable, achievable. I love it. So I just put the number and then how are you gonna get that number? I say, okay, I have to start working on this and that. And then when they just put it, you know, little by little, they're gonna say, ah, I can make it happen. And just put in the activities on a weekly activities and they're gonna have a deadline, a deadline. Mm-hmm. But they're gonna say, this is the deadline, I'm gonna make it happen. So I love it because of that, because I've seen so many good results and it's you know it's organizing. <laughs> I love it. Oh, thank you. And thank you so much for, for being on the show today. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Sina, for, for an invitation. Thank you to Diana too. I hope she's feeling better soon. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Oh, of course. And Paula, where can people find you online? Okay, I have a, a website. This is Doctora D R A Paola. P-A-O-L-A by status B-A-L-L-E-S-T-E-R-O-S. I know that is long. And we will uh, we'll put it in the show notes too so that everybody <laughs> can see. And on Instagram at Doctora Paola Ballesteros and Palimar Femme. You're going to find it. Please put it there. Yes, we will definitely. <laughs> I hope the women can take advantage of those resources that put, we put out there for them. Oh, excellent. Thank you so much. And please, everyone... Go to Paola's, both her, her Instagrams, amazing information there. A lot of it in Spanish, is in Spanish. I will let you know that. However, um, the Palomar website, you can translate it into English. It just, it, you just hit the little uh, American flag down there at the bottom. So okay. please take a look. Yes. Thank you. So thank you everyone for joining us today. And please leave us a review because reviews help others to find our podcast and follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So you never miss a new episode. Remember that a new episode comes out every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern. And join us again next week for more organizing ideas and tips. Until next week.